you got more life than I think I've ever had in my life. But that's good. That's good. Hallelujah. Ellen, would you, do you have them pictures? I want to show you what we've been doing. And uh, we were gone for, oh, gee whiz, six months, eight months, something like that. This is where we were at, the first church of the open Bible in Oskaloosa, all right? This is, you see these old doors there, and they were, they were old, let me tell you. They weighed, I think, each door weighed a ton. As you can see, <laughs> I wish Doyle were here. I'd look at him, he'd be going, yeah, I remember, I remember. But this is what we did. We tore off old paneling, and uh, uh, you'll never guess who that little bimbo is, but nevertheless, yeah, who caught me up there? A strong catapult, let me tell you. We had, this is in the front room, we had to, we had to go up four feet because of the mold, it was infected with mold a great deal there in the entryway and on around the bathroom and such. We had to uh, do the entire bathroom four foot high all around both walls because of the mold issue. And those of you who've ever had to deal with that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so keep going, Ellen. And uh, I'm sorry, that one was there. Yeah. There's my partner in crime. Yeah, my, I call him the Kimosabi. This is the stairs going down to the basement. And so we put a little platform to get to the corner because it was up so high. And Doyle and I, and, oh, gee whiz, we had Doyle, I, um, uh, Cindy, we had uh, Jim and Vicky and Aaron. Josh, is there anybody I'm missing? Raise your hand if I'm missing. Huh? Noah and Bella, yeah. Yeah, they were gophers, let me tell you. And uh, so, so anyway, you see all the walls. Now, let's go ahead and go ahead, uh, Ellen, if you would, please. You see the bathroom now. How that's... No, go back to the bathroom. I'm not saying go to the bathroom, but never just go back to the bathroom. <laughs> These walls, four foot up, were totally gutted. Okay? It's got a brand new stool, brand new that uh, sink. That sink was a $600 sink. We went to Lowe's, and I said it was on sale, and I said, I'll give you 200 for it, and that's it. And he goes, Done. And so, oh, yeah. So anyway, now you can go ahead, darling. So you see, we, we took off paneling. I don't know if there's a picture of the paneling. If there is, when we get to one, I, 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 wish you could, I hope you can see it. The paneling was a dark paneling, uh, very dark brown, about a, like the pews, a few arms. And it was just, it was just ugly. And so we took the paneling all off, 
and some of the a couple of men there in the church and so on. And we, you can see back in the entryway how far we went up with the insulation. And we mudded. We went through nine buckets of mud. Okay. Go ahead. And now you see. Who, who's that's Doyle on the ladder, <laughs> buddy? I had to talk real hard to get him up there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Keep going. You see how the church came out, and uh, this is this is why I like to sing the song. Look what the, the Lord has done. Now you see. Down in the down the stairs, that's concrete. They, we painted it a little darker, kind of a, a teal, and uh, so that's it. That's what we had to do, and, and uh, we moved. There's De there's Noah and Bella, you know, and uh, so that was what we were doing for eight eight months. So. God ministered and did a tremendous, tremendous thing there, and now they have a young couple ministering there, and uh, we're excited uh, for that, and I tell you what, uh, poor old Doyle, he ran to Texas, <laughs> and uh, I talk to him about every other week, and I, I say to him, hey, I got another project, and I hear this click. <laughs> no, I, but I do hear, I don't want to even hear anything about that. But it's, you were a part of that, and you helped us indirectly, many of you, you, you the church helped us indirectly, so thank you. And so they're off and flying and going, and we praise God. Okay? Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. While you're turning there, Ellen, if you'd put up that psalm scripture, please. I want you to look at this scripture. While you're turning to John 15, that's going to be quite an ordeal if you do that. I want you to learn to pray this scripture as often as you need to. Because this will help you stay current, stay vibrant in God, and will help you to hold back, as Pastor Kelly was talking today in Sunday school, hold back the enemy from attacking. Look at that. Creating me a clean heart, O oh God, renew a, a loyal spirit. Or a steadfast spirit. I like that better in me. And then the next verse, please. What version is this? You got New King James? Please do. Do not banish me from your presence. Amen. And it says the same thing, but I just like, you know me. Don't take me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Because when you're involved in sin, you begin to feel that separation. And this is what, when you sin, when I sin, I pray this as often as I need to. Amen. 
Renew a steadfast spirit. Go ahead, next one. Within me. Next one, please. Do not cast me away. Remember, present. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Amen. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Okay? And uphold me by your generous spirit. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I've, I've shared that with you for years. And that's what carried me through the cancer and battling that ordeal to where God totally delivered me, as you know the rest of the story. And so write this scripture down, pray it, or use it as a guideline for prayer as often as you need to. Stay current. Stay alive. Okay? Because if you ever read in Revelation chapter 2, starting with verse 1 on about the church at Ephesus, they were a tremendous church. They didn't allow false apostles. They were up and going. I mean, they were, but yet they left their first love. And you wonder, how did they do that? Because the relationship got mechanical. All right? It got mechanical or routine. Don't allow your relationship to be routine. Let it be moist. Let it be alive. Okay, let's go to John. Chapter 15, verse 4 to 7. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it bears, abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. Bears much fruit, for within me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. In this discourse of chapter 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is talking to the disciples the day ahead of his trial when he will go on trial and thus he'll be crucified. When you realize that you're going to die, you know what's important then. Amen. Forty Two times Jesus mentioned the Father to the disciples in these three chapters. Forty-two times. He mentioned the Spirit four times. He was pounding away at abiding with and in God. And there is our strength, folks. There is our power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the question comes up, how can, how can they abide in Christ when Christ is going to be dead the next day? <laughs> and to the natural mind, Christ is talking through his hat. But they don't understand. Look at John 15, 26. In each of these chapters, 14, 15, 16, he deals with the Spirit. 
But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Amen. This is that promise of the Spirit. You'll see, Jesus so moved and so impressed and so taught to the disciples about focus on the Spirit. Focus on the Spirit. I'm going to send him. The Father is going to send him. Both of them sent the Spirit. So if the Father is sending the Spirit, if Jesus is sending the Spirit, don't you think that's kind of important? Yeah. Amen. And so in, in, the, in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 22, it says in there that Jesus, after he's resurrected, he came to the disciples Many of the disciples, and they were gathered together, and it says he breathed on them. He just came up and received the Holy Spirit. When we know the Greek word for spirit, it's pneuma, and you construction guys know that when you have pneumatic tools, it's air tools. And when he breathed on them, the Greek word there for receiving, for receiving the Spirit is present. It's not future. It's present tense. So when he breathed on them, they received the Spirit right then. Because he knew they needed him. They needed him. Amen. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Go ahead and turn there, please. I'll wait for you. Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. I got an echo here. Amen. I want you to learn, learn your Bible, learn that word of God. Amen. A Bible is, is many ways like a car. When you get in your car, you know where every button's at. You get in my truck, you'd go, uh, let's see. So that's why when you use your own Bible, you become so acquainted with it that you know where every, everything's at. You know where certain scriptures are at. You know where every button and so on. And uh, hallelujah. And so, hallelujah. Look at Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. Okay? I, where's, I, need a good, I need a good Charlton Heston voice guy to, a gal to re, read that. Ah, senora. Como esta usted? <laughs> bueno, bueno. Now, now, now say it in English. <laughs> Read it, honey. What Jesus was trying to get across to him is this. Don't go out without the Holy Spirit. Because if you do, you're going to get hammered. So many times in each and every day, we, we go ahead out in these days, and like, like take, take for instance, 
Tomorrow morning, we'll get up and we'll go out without the Spirit of God, without touching base with Him, without praying, without, without just, just acknowledging Him and just thinking upon Him. And we go out on our own, and man, that is a, a, a way to get yourself knocked out. Because the enemy just loves for you to get, get you away from abiding in God. Amen. He don't want... The enemy don't want to mess with you when you've been filled. He don't want to mess with you when you've been in God's presence. Because he's going to get burnt. Amen. 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 He's going to get slapped. Hallelujah. And how many want to slap the devil? Amen. Then abide in God. Hallelujah. Amen. Abide in him. Why was the spirit so important? Look at verse 26 back in John 15 again. But when the helper comes... When the helper comes, he's going to help you do what you need to do. I want to share you a couple of testimonies from Ukraine, from, from two different pastors. One pastor gave a testimony. They were praying. There was a, there was a, a, a convoy of Russians coming down the road. And they said, well, God, we need your help. We need your help. Please stop these guys. True story, really happened. All of a sudden, lightning came out of the sky, hit the convoy, burn up several vehicles, and they didn't, they couldn't see where, where it came from. They just knew it came from the sky. And boy, were they praising God then. The second one, another pastor said he has an elder, had a, he's got an elder in his church who is in the Ukraine army. And they were they were positioned. And they were ready to, to watch, you know, when the Russians come down, to shoot them. Well, this young man started praying, Lord, guide us, help us. Because they know, you know, when you're outnumbered, wow, you've got to turn to somebody who's got more strength and power than you. Amen. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. Get up and move from this position. Get away from this position and deploy someplace other than here. And the young man said to his, true story, said to his squad, God just told me we got to get up and move from here. Let's, let's get out of here. So they move. They get deployed in another position. While they, now they're secured in another position, bombs came down in the position where they were at and totally wiped out that area where they were. The whole, the whole squad now, the whole squad said, God showed you that? Yeah. How do I know God? How do I get to know God? And he led his entire squad to Jesus Christ right there. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. All right. So, the, uh, the job of the Spirit is to help us. He's a Spirit of truth. John 8, 32 says, oh, how soon they forget. You shall know the There you go. Amen. How many times did I pound that into you? It's that truth that keeps you free. It's that truth of God's word. I'm going to show you in just a minute how, how important that is. Okay. 
Yeah. When we abide in God, we live with Him, we live in Him, and in Christ through the Spirit. That's what He was trying to push. That's why He's trying to get across to the disciples. Get in the Spirit of God. Now, you have John 14, 6, where Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So it's in Christ. You have John 15, 26, which we read, the Holy Spirit is going to be sent to us. Amen. But I want to give you seven names and titles of the Holy Spirit in these three chapters. Look up here, please. He was a helper, the spirit of truth, teacher, he's reminder, testifier, guide, and prophet. Now you're going, hmm, I've never heard about the Holy Spirit in that. Okay? Now, he's the helper. We've touched on that. Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit can do nothing but lead and guide you in the truth because that's what he is. Okay? He's a teacher. He will, he will come along and teach you and show you uh, the, the tremendous truths of the scripture. And let me tell you, you're never too old to learn. Amen. Amen. He's a reminder. He will remind you of what, of what the word says. He will remind you what, the, what that sin will do. He will remind you of what's happened in the past. 140 some uh, times in the Bible it says, remember what God has done. Okay? He's a testifier. He's going to testify of Christ. And that is our, that's our goal and our guide to testify of Christ. Amen. He's our guide. He will guide us in situations like he did that young man there in that, in that position. Get up and move. Get out of here. Amen. Uh, wow. And then lastly, he's a, the Holy Spirit prophesies he will tell you of the future. He will tell you of what's going to take place. He will give you witness of what's going to happen. Amen. All right? If, especially when you're involved in a sin, he's going to tell you what's going to happen. But he will also tell you of things that are taking place. Now, it's like with what's, what, what's with happening with there in Russia and Ukraine and all that. It's a preparation, a prophetic preparation, making and getting things ready for the one world government. All right? Amen. But what's interesting is you cannot give people a taste of, of freedom, of liberty, and expect communism to come over and overtake them. Amen. Years ago, they, when, when, when uh, uh, Nicaragua was under communist control, and uh, the, the leader, the president, Daniel Ortega was, was interviewed, and he said, uh, they asked him, how come you don't go into El Salvador and invade El Salvador? And his, this was his answer. There are too many Christians. That's your value. That's how valuable you are. Hallelujah. Okay? Hallelujah. Now, go back to them words, the names again, Ellen, if you would please. Now, all of these... 
share one common thing. One common thing. The Word of God. He helps us according and in with the Word of God. He's the spirit of truth, word of God. He teaches the word of God. He reminds us of the word of God. He testifies of the word of God. He guides us with the word of God, in the word of God, with the word of God. And he prophesies according in the word of God. It all has to do with the word. Now, why is that so important? Why is that so important? That word, that last word you said, young man. Life. Life. Young people, there's a battle going on for your mind. Amen. As well with these as well with these older ones. But you, Satan, has really focused in on you to battle and to possess your mind. Alright? He wants to, he wants to influence your thinking. As a person thinks, so is he. So if he can fill your mind with all kinds of junk, trash, uh, false doctrine, false teaching, whatever, um, just flat sin, then he can easily take you from life and, and destroy you. Okay? Amen. And so... Let me tell you, let me tell you uh, of one time when I dealt with a demon-possessed 19-year-old. He had three demons in him. Two of them were cast out. The people called me up at 4 o'clock in the morning and said, Come, how many want to be a pastor? <laughs> Pray for Aaron. Pray for Kelly. Because you're going to get them calls. And I'm not. I'm going, ah. <laughs> it is well. <laughs> and so anyway, at 4 o'clock, I'm going over to these people's house. And I'm walking in, and this guy, this demon is yelling through this young man. And uh, follow this, young people. Especially you, follow this. Because some of these old folks, they, what I'm about ready to say, they, they'll let it pass off and, and they won't pay any attention to it. But this, I want you to pay attention. In a matter of 20 minutes, that young man was set free from demonic possession. The last demon that was to go was named Jason. Because I asked his name. Jesus did it. What's your name? My name is Legion. For we are many. I asked this guy his name. My name is Jason. And the light went on. I said, demon, shut up. I want to talk to the boy. The boy came back too. And I said, he, he, he looked at me and said, preacher, what are you doing here? He didn't, he didn't even know I was there until then. I said, how do you tell a young person that you're, well, I'm here casting the devil out of them? 
but I did just that. I said, well, we're here. You got devil we're casting out. Let me, I said, let me ask you something. Are you into horror flicks? Jason, horror flicks? He said, yeah. He said, I got all the movies. I got all the books. I got it all. I said, this is how this Jason got control of you. You got into something that is not of God. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Amen. And I'm telling you, don't, don't allow yourself to get into anything, horror films, flicks, or anything like that, because it is all demonic inspired. Amen. Okay? Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. And uh, some of you adults, stop it. Okay. Now, I only get to preach here just once in a while, so you might as well settle in. Amen. Where's Vicki at? Amen, Vicki? Amen. Amen. She knows. I want to take you to my, my most favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. Go to Romans chapter 8, if you would please. Romans chapter 8. This is, talks about abiding in a different way. Should I say I'm closing just to start to get ahead of it? <laughs> Somebody in this church went and told Kelly he closes seven times. And I know her name. All right. Look at verses 1 and 2. My most favorite verses of scripture in the entire, entire scripture. Now, you must read this in the New King James or King James or MEV because the other translations are ignorant on this first verse because they leave something out, which I understand why they do that. So... Put King James up, New King James up there, if you would, sis. Because you, the other versions leave out something that's very, very vital. All right? Amen. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. All right? That's what's missing in the flesh and the spirit. Okay? If I walk in the flesh, the flesh is the old natural way I used to do things. If I walk according to that, I'm going to die. I'm going to be destroyed. I'm in, now listen to me very closely. If I walk according to the old ways in which I did, all I'm doing is allowing condemnation, I'm allowing destruction. I'm allowing, uh, 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 um, what's the word I want? Um, oh, come on. Discouragement. I'm allowing judgment, condemnation, if I didn't mention that already. I'm allowing that to come in me. You can't afford to live according to the way you did it before. Amen. Why? Why would you want to go back to that? Amen. I was in, I was in uh, Pottawatomie County jail as a chaplain 
and I had a guy who came in back and returned on, on another crime, and I looked at him there, and I said, can you tell me why or what's so important or what's so enticing about these concrete block walls and that steel door that you've got to come back here? Can you tell me? What are you thinking? I want to ask you, what are you thinking? Romans says we don't owe the flesh anything. We're not a debtor to the flesh. We don't owe it nothing. Isn't it time? Isn't it time to break that chain, that bond that keeps on bringing you back, bringing you back? When you think you're free, you get going, and all of a sudden, that that chain tightens up, and it brings you back. Isn't it time? How do I do that? Look at verse 1 in Romans 8. Hallelujah. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There it is again. And verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free... From the law of sin and death. That was the one thing I didn't mention. What doing your own thing do? It'll kill you. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. How many of you former drug addicts know what I'm talking about? You go back to that crap, it's going to kill you. Amen. You go back to that sin, that, that, that immoral, sexual immorality and such. What's it going to do? It's going to kill you. Okay? Amen. Now, I'm going to try to hurry along my second closing. I want you to check out Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Because I want to show you about the flesh and the spirit. Because you're never going to stop the voice of the flesh in your life. As long as you're here, you're going to have that voice of the flesh open up its stupid mouth and say the most dumbest things for you to do. And the main thing is that you're not ignorant enough to follow it. All right? Look here. Ephesians 2.1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your (laughs) many sins. Boy, that got Gerald Morris written all over it. (laughs) Amen. Next verse. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the power, powers, in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. You got that? Amen. Amen. You want free? You want to walk in freedom? You want Finally get freedom over that garbage that's holding you. Amen. Walk in obedience to the word. Yeah. Look at it next. All of us used to live that way. We did. Following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. Just like everyone else. I'll stop right there, Ellen, because of time's sake. All of us. You see, 
Oh, I want to get down there so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Somebody already told me. You see, we all have a nature to sin. Now, there's an erroneous, very erroneous teaching out that we were, we're all sinners when we're born. We're sinners. No, no, no. You have a nature to sin. Oh, I, I can oh, feel that. I know that some of you were taught that. Not here. Where there is no knowledge of the law, there is no sin. That's scripture. Interesting, isn't it? But once there is knowledge of that law and disobedience takes place, sin. And that nature you have, that nature to sin, all of us have. All right? Amen. You war against that nature of, of to sin and the influence of the enemy. You got those two blokes right there hammering away at you. But on the other side, you've got your spirit and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to combat or counteract what they want to do. So whenever you are involved or whenever you're dealing with something, you have a choice. If we were all born sinners in the flesh, then that makes Christ a sinner. And we know better than that. So that teaching doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't hold water. But we have a nature to sin. Now that holds more water. Because Christ, he who knew no sin, became sin for us. Sin was laid upon him, not in him. Okay? Amen and amen. So, go to Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 7, please. Now, I'm going to show you why you have such a, the, the, the problems of wrestling with this. All of us, all of us, from pulpit to back pew, we, it's a struggle at times to live according to, to the scripture according to God. It's a struggle. And the person who says, well, it's not a struggle for me, he's either just plain stupid or he's dead. <laughs> Amen. Only one was able to live free from the sin, and that was Jesus. Amen. Okay? Amen. Now, look at Romans chapter 8, verses 5, five to 7. For those who live according to, uh, excuse me, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Okay? Sounds like the world. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. That comes with that understanding, that truth. You begin to learn. You begin to know. That Spirit begins to teach. You begin to understand the things of the Spirit. You begin to understand things that are contrary the way you used to do it. Now you're led to do it just opposite. Hallelujah. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enmity or enemy against God for it not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Amen. So here's, here's the struggle that you're having. Okay?
Do I follow the voice of the flesh? Do I follow the voice of the Spirit? Do I follow that truth? Or do I follow the way I feel? See, the flesh is not the real you. Okay? The flesh is not the real you. The real you, the, the real you is a spirit. Is that spirit within you? Amen. That's, that's the one who's going to live forever. This flesh is going to die. We're going to bury it, burn it, whatever the case may be, and throw it in the ground. But it's that spirit in you where the Holy Spirit is. Hallelujah. That causes you to think differently. Okay? Stay with me. Stay with me. Now, third closing. Colossians chapter 3. I, I am getting close to it. Colossians chapter 3. Go, go with me to Colossians because you'll want to know this chapter, this chapter is a great instructional chapter on what I need to be doing. Amen. Okay? Amen. Look at verse, Colossians 3 verses 1 and 2. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. If you are raised with Christ, seek those things there in the Spirit. Okay? Amen. Hallelujah. Remember me telling you about the, about the, when I was dealing with a possessed young man? One instance that I'll never forget, and some of you need to remember, remember this. At one point, the demon was in control of the man still, and he spoke out, and there were, I was there, the young man's father was there, uncle, aunt, and cousin was there. Okay, some of you are, are spacing out on me, and you need to hear this. So let's wake up, focus here, you need to get this, okay? The demon spoke out and said, he started out at the father. He said, you want a drink. Went to the uncle, you want a drink. Came to the cousin, you've been drinking. Came to them, the aunt and me, and he said, oh, you guys don't want a drink. And I said, you got that right. Why? Because the Bible says not to be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Now, if you look at the Phillips translation on that, that gives a more correct translation. And a lot of people say, well, it just says drunk. No, what it's talking about is when you allow yourself to be influenced by drinking, you need to stop that and allow the Spirit of God to be the influence in your life. Amen. Throw, bud, throw bud down the drink, down the drain, in the toilet. Wherever. Don't give to somebody. Dump it out. Amen. 
You understand what I'm saying? Hello. Oh, I know I'm meddling, and I'm doing it right on purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Why would that devil say that? Why would that devil say that? Because he knew what was going on. He knows what's right and what's wrong. He knows what will affect you and get you off track. In all of the times I was a chaplain, whenever a young man came into that, that jail, uh, uh, that yellow, North Yellow, what it was, the cell block, I said to him, and I'd always ask him, what are you here for? What would you do? Now listen to this. 98% of the time, there was drinking involved. 98% of the time. I could tell their testimony. I could tell it when I said, what, what are you in for? When they got past the, the crime, I said, and you were drinking. And they, they would say it. Folks, how long is it going to take you to wake up? Amen. Some of you, you're still sucking them suds. Wake up! Amen. Get away from that crap. You don't need that kind of spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Colossians verse, chapter 1, verse 9 and 13. Now it gets into telling what we need to do. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Got that? Put that old man off. And have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Our mind, be, we begin to think like God. We begin to think on God. Hallelujah. Amen. Transformation takes place here. Let's go on down to verse, verse 12, if you would please. Let's just jump there. Therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, Humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Let me tell you, one of the verses in Scripture I just really, and when I first heard it, I just said, no. I don't like that verse. Matthew 5.44. Matthew 5.44. God put that in there for me. And I didn't like it when he put it in there. It's Sermon on the Mount. Christ taught it. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You know what i got to do to do that? I've got to overcome the old man. Amen. I'm going to tell you a true story. Pastor W.A. Griswold, First Baptist Church in Dallas, had two Doberman pinchers. Had a yard all closed in. And down the, down the alley lived an old Mutt, a little smaller dog, but just 
every, every kind of ingredient you want in this dog. This is no mutt. This dog would come down the alley, jump the fence, and fight those two Doberman pitchers. And then Dobermans would chew on this dog and chew on him and chew on him and chew on him. Pretty soon the fight was over. The little dog would hop back over the fence, go down to his place, kind of recover a little bit. And the next day or two, he'd come back. He'd jump the fence. Fight would take place. Doberman pitchers chew on that dog and just chew on him. Pretty soon the fight would stop. He'd go back over the fence, go on down, rest a little bit, re, you know, recuperate. Then guess what he'd do? He'd come back again. And he jumped the fence, and the fight went on. The doors would chew on him and chew on him. And pretty soon, Griswold was, staying, was sitting there in his living room, and here comes these two Doberman pinches coming in going, and they're whining, and they're hiding behind the sofa. And Griswold looked at him. He looked at him. He opened, he goes, or he goes to the patio door, and there's that little dog. And them two Dobermans are running from the little mutt. <laughs> and Griswold used use this phrase. Well, I guess it's not how big a dog in the fight, but how big a fight in the dog. Amen. How big a fight is in you? How big a fight is in you? Hallelujah. Amen. Ethan, how big a fight is in you? I can say, I personally know, there's a big fight in you. You're like that little mutt. <laughs> now, I don't want nobody calling, hey, Ethan the mutt. Because he comes from good stock. <laughs> but I've seen the fight, and you wouldn't give up. You kept fighting them Dobermans. You kept fighting, and you kept going. You kept hopping that fence. Amen. Son, I'm proud of you. Way to fight. Mark, way to fight. Hallelujah. Here is this guy, this guy here, Mark. He, he's like, he's, he's silent but strong. I, I love this man. You don't hear him. You don't, you know, he's kind of like the shadow. But he's strong. There's so many of you. I can go around this whole congregation of the attributes and the, the, the gifts that you have. Hallelujah. Some of you, a lot of you are like a Timex watch. You take a licking and keep on ticking. Yeah. Why and how? It's through what you know. When you know what the truth is, you can walk in the freedom of the Spirit. You can walk in that life. Hallelujah. Young people, when you know what the Word says and such, when you know what the Spirit's saying to you, you can walk in that freedom. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against the grain here. <laughs> know how tough it is to be a young person. You look this, you look at this old antique one, was he ever young? <laughs> when I was young, listen to me girls, I never thought I'd ever find someone who 
who I could love, and, but more so, who would love me back. I thought that never happened. And so thus, I was kind of depressed, discouraged. Oh, I had, there were some girls who, hi, Carol. And I'm going, no way. I did. 53 years ago. And I've enjoyed her. She's enjoyed me. We've had a good time together. We've had three boys. And you know one of them real well. says, that's the one. I checked out, I checked her out with God, and God said, that's the one. And I knew she was the one. And so when times got tough, remember what I said about remember. When times got tough, and it seemed like Cindy had just lost her mind. I think some of you are. I don't care to know what sin you're in. I really don't care to know what sin you're in, to be honest. All I know is you can have freedom from that starting today. Let me, let's go back in memory. Remember George? George was a wild one. Oh, man. I had people who wouldn't even come to church because George was coming in. He was that mean and that tough in his latter days, or earlier days. He came in, and right where this young man is sitting, he said, Pastor, I want to I want to talk to you. You were all gone that day. This was back in about 03, 02, something like that. And I sat down on the on these steps right here. And George said, I'm not leaving until I can be free of the trucks. 
And I thought, oh God, I could be here till Monday. <laughs> I said, God, I need you. I need you. Here was the epitome of toughness, ruggedness, of what drugs had torn away at this man. And now he's saying, Kelly, he was saying, I'm not free. I said, stand up. And I knew what I was dealing with. It wasn't so much George, but it was the enemy that enslaved him. I said, George, stand up. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you in, at times. When you're obedient to, when you're, when you're seeking God, when your mind is set upon, that gives an opportunity where the Holy Spirit can come upon you and help you in times of need. And man, did I need help. I said, George, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind that foul demon of drugs. Let him go. Set him free. George started jumping up and down waved his hands, praising God. I sat back down on the steps, and I just watched the entertainment. When you see someone get blessed running back, I kid you not, he went clear that way, clear that way, he's jumping around, praise God, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And from that day, he never touched another drug. Was it Gerald Morris? Give me a break. It was the power of the Spirit of God. Amen. Of God. Amen. Of God, young man. God's got a ministry for you. And that's why he's kept you. That's why he's preserved you, you too. Because he... God knows what he wants to do for you. Satan sees what he, what God wants to do, and he wants to destroy you. And man, has he tried. Amen. But what the Lord has done. Yeah. You see, look what God's done here. God has preserved. God has kept. God, God has continued with this young couple and brought them down here. So they have a similar mind, a like mind as their pastor and as their former pastor. Hallelujah. That sin is sin. Christ is, is Lord and he delivers us from sin. That's his mindset. And hallelujah. Not all ministers are like that. Church. There's one thing I've always been proud of you. You are, you are a people who were aware and you were, what's the word I want? Lord, help me. You were always had your finger on the pulse of your spirit. And you could tell when I need a touch of God. Because there are times I'd have altar calls and then I'd, I'd say, those who need more of God, come on down. It was 
was just Burl standing there by the back door watching for the you know, guard. You all came forward. Now, I'm not baiting you. No, that's not my goal. I'm commending you to continue in that and stay in that. Creating me a clean heart, oh God. Lord, can I give you a little insight of Gerald Morris' life? The times of prayer. Lord, I, I blew it. Creating me a clean heart, Lord. Clean me up. Give me a steadfast spirit, Lord, that I'll be strong and I'll be able to stand. Please don't take him away from me. Don't cast me out of your presence, Lord. I, I, I can't handle that. But I want the joy of your, of your salvation. I want the, your generous spirit again guiding me, talking to me, helping me. Verse 13 of that chapter, that I may teach transgressors their ways and see the loss come to Christ. of the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, chapters 2 and 3 in Revelation, why did he always mention to the church, he who overcomes? Because he knew you and I would be, mankind is in a fight, is in a wrestling match. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual weakness in high places. That match is continually going on. But we don't have to continually lose. God has given us the victory. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Right? You're more than a conqueror. So I'm asking those here today who are saying, Pastor, I want to overcome that. I want to overcome that. I want to walk in victory. Would you stand to your feet right now in the name of Jesus Christ? Glory to God. Glory to God. The rest of you are sitting, you can just go to sleep. You that are standing, I want you to look up here. When I was first saved, I was foul mouthed dirty mouth little punk cuss 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 I did not think I'd ever get control over it until I came across the scripture Ephesians 4:29. let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the of edifying that you may minister grace unto the hearers. 
that scripture I put in. Now, you listen. I put that scripture in. And it began to just give me strength. And I began to have strength over the cursing and the cussing and such until I was totally free. Totally free. That's what I want you to do. The Word of God is like a medicine to your spirit. You put it in, if you're having whatever trouble you're having, put the Word of God that deals with that trouble, put it in through memory. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalm 119, 11. So you find that word and you put it in and it begins, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And your faith builds, your strength builds, and the victory is yours. Hallelujah. You that are standing, I want you to lift your hands right. I want to pray for you like I prayed for George. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands. Hallelujah. Now you place that thing that's that so easily besets you, you place it on your mind, and you're going to curse it. Amen. You're going to say, you're done. You're done. And say it. You're done in my life. I have victory over you. Come on, shout it. Hallelujah. You're done in my life. I have victory over you. Jesus has given me the victory. I have dominion over you through the Spirit of the living God. And from this day, from this day, you are no longer in control of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. with it, he'll try and hook you again. And if you fail again, refuse to stay down until you totally 
overcome and walk in total freedom. It can and will happen. All things are possible to him that are in Christ. All things. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Yes, sir. your first ministry. That's first before family. That's first before anything else. Prayer is your first ministry. Amen. Learn it well. I told a man where I work at a retirement, I'm a maintenance man at a retirement home, and uh, I said, you pray pray for me when I was over a situation. I said, I need the prayer and you need the practice. Pray for me. <laughs> it's been good to be with you again. Pray for Aaron that he'll be able to come home with no hitches. Won't have to stay there. Pray for your pastors. Treat them as you treated me. Treat them as you treated me. Hallelujah. Like I said, this was a this would be a good church to retire from, and I did. Okay? Stand with me, please. Father, be with these folk. Guide them in the name of Jesus. Help them, O oh Lord, to do what you so direct. Help them to learn obedience and grow and master the obedience according to that word. Help us, O oh God, that we may walk in that victory, in that strength and the power of your spirit and of your word. Father, be with Aaron and those men. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, may that work just, just go great guns. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, may they all come home together in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Be with these folks, I ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.